Okay, a couple of the smaller but notable benefits of house hacking is actually a couple things. So one, you have more write-offs that you can do. You can actually write off a lot of the things that you're normally going to buy to just furnish your property because the tenants are actually gonna benefit from that and therefore you can write it off as a uh, expense as a part of running your rental. This is The Real Estate Pod. I'm Ed Barone, co-founder of RentReady, the platform that makes renting easy for landlords and tenants. With this podcast, we aim to help landlords learn, scale, and invest. We also want to help you tackle the business side of real estate investing, because being an investor or getting your first investment requires you to be an entrepreneur. It's about mindset and strategy. This week, we're welcoming Dan Cohan to The Real Estate Pod. Dan is a rookie real estate investor, and at just 20 years old, he's purchased a duplex that he is currently house hacking. Dan is using his experience to share advice on how to find tenants and manage rentals for our rookie real estate investors. Let's get started. Hi, guys. I'm going to give you my take on house hacking after eight months of doing it. Is it still worth it? Should you do it? All those questions and more will be answered. Stay tuned. My name is Daniel Kohanowitz, or Dan Kohan, as I'm known by on YouTube, and I am an up-and-coming real estate investor who recently bought my first duplex back in October 2020, so it's about eight months as of right now. So first off, special thanks to RentReady for partnering with me on this video. If you're looking for an excellent, the best property management software on the market right now, RentReady is the best option. Click the link in the description below and use my code DANDAN20 to get 20% off your subscription. Okay, so I don't want to waste any of your time. So if you're looking for just a short answer, the answer is absolutely yes. House hacking is totally worth it. Now, if you're looking for a bit more substance on the answer, keep watching and I'm going to explain exactly why I love house hacking, how it's worked for the last eight months, and what I've been doing and um, the best practices you can do to make sure it works for you. So first off, um, you know, with my experience in house hacking after the last eight months, um, you know, bought my first duplex, immediately moved in, moved in other people into my property with me. And, uh, you know, that was definitely my plan from the beginning was to start off my real estate investing journey house hacking. Um, and, you know, after eight months, I can kind of tell you some of the things that I did to make sure it really worked out for me. Now, first off, some of the benefits of house hacking, um, if you're still kind of getting into it and uh, don't exactly know why you'd want to do it, is that um, one biggest thing, you're going to make some extra income because and offset your living expenses because you're actually going to be living in the property that you're actually renting out to other people, whether it be renting out other units or perhaps bedrooms in your uh, your unit. And so you're going to make a lot extra of extra money uh, relative to if you were to just, you know, get a property and just rent it out, you know, as a normal investment property, like one tenant per unit. So uh, the probably the next biggest benefit is actually, you know, living in a house hacked property. It's a lot easier to manage the property because, you know, you're living there. So things are close by. Um, usually hear about things pretty fast when they happen, you know, any repairs or, um, you know, things you need to handle are usually going to get handled. You're going to be able to detect right away um, simply because you're on premises and, um, you know, things are going to be, if things, something's really wrong, it's going to be very obvious and you're going to be able to fix it pretty fast and maybe even yourself. Okay. A couple of the smaller but notable benefits of house hacking is actually a couple things. So one, you have more write-offs that you can do. So for example, um, because the, uh, the property, like this is only really if you're like lit house hacking and you're renting out rooms in your property, um, that you're living with your tenants. Um, you can actually write off a lot of the things that you're normally going to buy to just furnish your property because the tenants are actually going to benefit from that. And therefore you can write it off as a, uh, expense as a part of running your 
rental. You can also write off things like, uh, you know, mowing the grass and, uh, and other stuff like that is because you are technically, you know, providing those services to the tenants and therefore can be a write off for your property. So things like TVs, mowing the grass, you know, furniture, uh, appliances potentially, you know, all of that stuff can be written off as it's, you know, part of investing in your property. So that's a, another, you know, thing to add to your uh, when you're calculating the uh, the cash flow and the value you're going to get from this property. The other small thing is that there's shared responsibilities. So if you're living in a unit with other people, you know, maybe your friends uh, or, or something like that, um, you can usually share some of the responsibilities, you know, the small ones like taking out the trash, you know, mowing the lawn, if that's what you do, you know, little washing the dishes, things like that, you're normally going to have to all do all by yourself. Um, you can potentially, you know, share those with your roommates. Okay, so my uh, experience has been pretty successful and, uh, you know, I want to kind of share some of the tips that I, you know, used going into it and that I've kind of learned along the way that have really made this a very enjoyable and successful experience for me. It's not been, you know, totally, you know, uh, mailbox money hassle free. There have been a few hiccups, you know, a few uh, problems that needed fixed, but for the most part, it has been that way. And I'm really happy to share that. So, you know, the first thing that you're really going to want to make sure you do uh, going into it is buying a property that is conducive to house hacking is in an area that you know you want to live in you know you hopefully a nicer area you know somewhere you're going to love you know want to live because you're going to have to live there right you don't want to be you know living in an undesirable area an area you don't like you know because um, you're just not going to like it and you're going to not like investing and it's going to be bad for you so um, you're going to want to pick a good area you know a good property you know if you have to rehab it or, or whatnot do that um, but you're going to want to live in a place that you know you enjoy living in to an extent uh, and that other people are going to want to live in as well, because, you know, when trying to attract roommates or other tenants or things like that, you know, it's the nicer uh, the area you're in, you know, within reason, of course, as long as the numbers work, um, you're going to be able to attract better people, you know, and they're going to it's just going to be a, a better environment overall. So make sure you find a property in a good area like like I did. I found it in my hometown in a good neighborhood um, that was really close to my work and things like that. And uh, and I, you know, it's only two minutes away from where I work. It's been it's been awesome. So the next big thing is actually uh, picking your tenants. So with house hacking, it's a bit of a different dynamic, especially if you're uh, going to be actually living with roommates uh, like I am. So I'm actually, I, I bought a duplex and I live in one side and I rent out the other side. So it's a primary residence and I actually have, you know, three other people living here with me. It's a four bed duplex. So it's, it's pretty large, you know, about 2000 square foot um, per side. And uh, I actually moved in with my brother. And then uh, quickly filled it with also um, another tenant that I found, like a kind of a distant family friend. And then um, one of my other friends. And then actually just a guy that I just found uh, advertising on Facebook. So, uh, you know, talk a little bit about that. It's really important that you get tenants that um, you're going to want to live with, you know, roommates. I mean, these are roommates, you know, you're going to have to deal with them to some extent, you know, in their interpersonal lives. Now, thankfully, I've chosen, I chose tenants that have been, um, due to their lifestyles and things like that. And it's almost like they don't even live here. Like I pretty much never see them. Um, they're all off doing their own thing all the time. It's almost like I have the house to myself, you know, whenever I'm here because of all of our different schedules and things. So it's really awesome for me uh, because, you know, I pretty much have my own duplex that people happen to live in the rooms that I wouldn't even use anyway. And uh, I'm making a lot of extra income every single month because of it. So you definitely want to want to find tenants that, you know, your screening process is going to be a little bit more because you're looking for personalities. You know, is the person messy? Can you get along with them? You know, are they going to, of course, they're going to pay the rent on time, those kind of things, you know, but you're going to need to consider more of like the, uh, you know, I'm going to have to live with this person, you know, for all of my tenants, uh, for my roommates, especially, I did them all as, you know, month to month, 
um, leases because if I, you know, didn't like them or something like that, I could just, you know, hey, it ain't working out. Uh, you know, you got 30 days, that kind of thing. And just to make the process as, you know, um, you know, risk-free as possible. Uh, another thing, you know, with choosing your property is you probably want, if you if you can, you know, choose an area with like a thing like a college or perhaps a school, you know, where there's a younger people that um, are more willing, you know, you can get high quality people that are willing to live in, uh, in like a room instead of their own unit because they want to save money, you know, they're going to school uh, or perhaps they're working or something like that, you know get somebody like a professional that's, you know, doing stuff and is going to have a good income and it's going to be able to pay the rent, but also going to be a high quality individual because you don't just want to rent to, you know, uh, you know, maybe like people like more uh, lower quality people or things like that, that are, you know, looking to just save a lot of money, but you know, like they might have a lot of pets or baggage. Uh, I had a lot of people when I was looking that were like, you know, small families looking to like rent a room for me. And obviously that's, you know, really not ideal, uh, especially when you're trying to, you know, minimize the effect that tenants have on your life and stuff. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind when you're looking for tenants, just make sure you're choosing people that you can live with as well. Okay. Now the next biggest thing that uh, I learned looking through this is, uh, you know, you got to set the right expectations with folks. You've got to have systems in place. You've got to be managing your tenants correctly. Um, and with that, you know, like setting like house rules and expectations when people move in, you know, setting expectations on like when the rent needs to be paid. And especially if these guys are your, you know, that you're, they're rooming with or like your friends, uh, or people that you have, you know, relationships beyond just, you know, a tenant, uh, landlord relationship, you definitely want to make sure that things are very clear cut from the beginning. So there's no disagreements, uh, or things that could, you know, mess up your relationship or, you know, cloud your judgment in any way. Like for example, you know, um, I have a tenant management software, um, which I'll go into in a second. And, you know, it like the rent is due at a certain time every single month and it automatically debits from their accounts. And, uh, you know, if they don't pay it, then there's a late fee and it's just automatically charged, you know, set up from the beginning. It's just automatically happening. You know, I'm not responsible. I'm never uh, collecting rent from my tenants or anything. It's all happening, you know, through the systems that I've set up. And therefore, you know, like there's no um, like, ah, you know, he's taking my money or something like that. Uh, it's just very clean, you know, very professional. And uh, yeah, it's the way I like it. So with that, um, you guys, I would definitely recommend getting a, you know, what made my experience really good is uh, getting a really good, you know, rental tenant management system. Now I chose Rent Ready for mine. Uh, it does really cool things like screens your tenants, you know, runs background credit checks, collects rent automatically every single month through a bunch of different payments. And even um, your tenants can sign up to have their rent payments actually reported to credit bureaus to build their credit, especially if they're young people, if they're, you know, people that don't have a lot of credit, that's going to be super important for helping them get, you know, another rental down the line or a credit card or a loan for anything. Um, so that's another thing you can offer them just for having the service. And guys, uh, I actually use rent ready for mine. Um, it is the, I personally have been using it for the last eight months. It's made my, uh, rental management experience a total breeze and I would recommend it to anybody. And if you want to get it, click the link in the description below. Use code Dan20 to get 20% off your subscription. Uh, use the link in the description below to get an awesome rental management software for yourself. So in conclusion, I would definitely recommend house hacking. I'm going to keep house hacking for as long as possible, probably until, you know, I start my family in a few years and, you know, it's just going to save me a lot of money. Uh, I don't really mind living with people. It's, I, I actually enjoy it probably better than living alone, to be honest. And I'm going to just keep doing it as long as I can. So guys, if you're on, with me on this journey, um, please hit the like button down below, subscribe, and I'll see you in the next chapter.
We're so grateful to be able to learn from these active investors, entrepreneurs, and all-around amazing individuals who want to share their success with you. The real estate investing community really is a unique community to be a part of. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can rate or review the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to. It would mean a great deal to us to learn what you like, what you don't like, and even questions we can answer on your behalf. You can also subscribe to The Real Estate Pod on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.